We've spent a lot of money in the last two years, and now we're going to stop. This has implications. I'm Jared Dillion, and welcome to the Be Smart Podcast, where we talk about how not to be an idiot with your money, because there is a lot of that going around. So as you know, I have a newsletter business, a financial newsletter business, and it's pretty big. It's pretty big. And let me tell you that 2020 was a very good year. And 2021 was an incredible year. It was nuts. 2022 sucks dead donkey dick so far. It is slow. So what's going on? People, you know, people had a lot of disposable income in 2020 and 2021. Not that my subscribers were getting stimulus payments, but... People were saving a lot of money during the pandemic. They weren't going out to eat. They weren't shopping and they were saving money and the stock market was going up and they wanted to buy research. So this was kind of like the perfect storm for the newsletter business. It absolutely took off and this year it sucks. What's going on now is a giant reversion to the mean. Okay, we had all the spending in 2020 and 2021 and now we're reverting to the mean. So we're going to spend less in 2022. Hell, I am spending less in 2022. I don't really have a lot in the way of discretionary expenses. I don't spend money on a lot of stuff. I spend money on clothes. That's about it. I'm a clothes horse. I like to buy clothes. And I will spend 1000 to 2000 every month on clothes. And this year I said, you know what? I have enough clothes. I don't need to be shopping for all these fancy clothes this year. I can just cut back. I can cut back spending a bit, and I'm doing that, and my next-door neighbor is doing that, and everybody is doing that. And that's that's the weird thing about economics. There's some weird psychology behind people's behavior. We all spend at the same time. We all cut back at the same time. It's psychology that is behind this, you know? It's fascinating. So this is going to have economic consequences. Now, the most recent GDP release was 6.9%. We're not going higher than that. It's going down from there. And I think GDP growth is going down to 2% this year. And what that means is, you know, the Fed is hiking interest rates or they're going to in March. The Fed is hiking into a slowdown. The economy is in the process of slowing down and they're hiking into a slowdown. And I said this for months. I said the Fed is going to wait so long to raise interest rates that by the time they get around to doing it, the economy is already going to be slowing down and it's going to be time to cut interest rates. They are the worst. They are the worst. Government employees in charge of interest rates. (laughs) We leave the most important price in the economy. The most important price in the economy. We leave this to government employees. It's nuts. So... Here we are. Meanwhile, things are not getting a lot better for the consumer. Uh, As I'm talking to you, oil just hit $93 a barrel, and gas is above $3 a gallon in all 50 states, including in South Carolina. We have the cheapest gas in the country, and it's over $3 now. It's like $3.11 or something like that. $4.70 in California. In some places, it's $5. Now, For obvious reasons, Biden wants the price of oil to go down, but he has no idea how to accomplish that. One way to accomplish it is to rip interest rates higher and cause a recession. That will make oil prices go down, but he doesn't want to do that. And I hate talking about politics. And as you've noticed, 
on this podcast, I haven't, I don't really talk about politics at all, you know, because people get all pissed off and they stop listening and it's, it's just a waste of time. But you have to consider politics a little bit when you're investing and things are not looking good for the Democrats in the midterms. And this has been true for a while. We have skyrocketing gas prices, inflation. Now the stock market is going down. It's, it's a shitstorm. It's really, really bad for the Democrats going into the midterms. The last I heard, 29 House Democrats had retired going into this election, and there's going to be more. Now, where I live, we have a Republican congressman. His name is Tom Rice. I've met him a couple of times. I don't think he's exceptional. He's a nice guy, but uh, like I said, not exceptional. He actually was one of 10 Republicans who voted for impeachment. And this is, you know, this is South Carolina. This is red state. It's getting a little bit more purple, but it's a red state. And Horry County, where I live, is this is a very conservative county, you know, where he's an elected representative. And people are not happy about this. So they want to get rid of him. And I don't think they'll be able to, to tell you the truth. Here's one for you. Remember when Twitter kicked Trump off the platform and Facebook kicked off Trump? You know, that has worked right into the hands of the Republicans. It's the classic case of unintended consequences, okay? Because Trump is his own worst enemy. He's really the enemy of the Republicans because he doesn't shut up. He opens his big mouth, and then the press attacks him, and approval ratings go down. So by keeping Trump out of the public square, they've actually increased the favorability ratings of the Republicans. And if you look at early polls for 2024... The generic Republican beats the Democrat, beats Biden, not the, not the Democrat, beats Biden by nine points. A generic Republican beats Biden by nine points. Trump loses to Biden. Okay. So by kicking Trump off of these platforms, they've just handed a win to the Republicans because their favorability is much higher going into the midterms. The law of unintended consequences strikes again. You intervene in a complex system and you do the exact opposite of what you intend to do. Congress is going to look very different in the fall. So what is a Republican Congress going to do? Well, they're going to put a halt to all spending. I mean, it's kind of happening already, but all these spending plans that Biden have, it's not going to happen. There's going to be, you know, at least from 2022 to 2024, there's going to be stalemate. And uh, all the spending is going to stop. And, you know, we were running a $3 trillion budget deficit. We're going to, I mean, we're going to have a balanced budget. Pretty close. Like, really, like the spending is going to go away. And what does that mean for the economy? Well, if you're a Keynesian and you believe that government spending increases GDP, then GDP is going to go down. And once again, we're back to where we were before, where the Fed is hiking into potentially a recession. So it's a mess this year in 2022. The economy is slowing due to consumption reverting to the mean. It will slow down more because of the rate hikes. It will slow down more due to high oil prices. And it will slow down because the Republicans will impose austerity. And stocks should go down, but you never know about that. Amazon reported earnings the other day. And the market was excited because they're raising the price of Prime to $139 a year which I think most people are going to pay. But their sales projections were actually down. So 
this and in you know Amazon has really become the bellwether for the economy. If Amazon sales are going down, then what does that mean? So we're slowing down. Economy was running hot for a while, and now it's cooling off. So what does this mean for you? Well, I don't think we're going to get a recession. And if we do, it's going to be a mild one. I don't think we're going to get a recession. I think growth is going to slow. I don't think you're going to lose your job. By the way, a good way not to lose your job is to be good at your job. Another way not to lose your job is to make friends with your boss so he fires somebody else instead of you. That's a good way to not lose your job. As for the gas prices, you know, people make a big deal about this. Nobody's ever done the math. Nobody's done the math on this. I spend about $3,000 in gas a year. The average person spends between two and $3,000 of gas a year. If I go from 3000 to 4000 it doesn't really affect me that much. It affects low-income people. It affects low-income people a lot. If you're making 25000 a year and you spend 1000 more on gas, that's a big deal. It's very regressive. Okay. But it's a big deal politically because people lose their minds about high gas prices. So it's going to be a tough year, but tough, tough years present opportunities. This is not the time to stop investing in your retirement funds. You have to keep doing it. Keep sending in that money every two weeks. You want to buy low prices as well as high prices because at the end of this, the bull market will resume. So this is a good time to be plowing money into the market. The market's not going to crash. It's not going to crash. could get a little ugly, but it's not going to crash. Uh, I never really saw the possibility of a crash. I don't think the market's going to crash at all. It could be down 20%. I think that's a good base case scenario. And like I said, I think it could get a little ugly, but I don't think it's going to crash. And a lot of people, they just kind of run around in perpetual fear of the market crashing. And I, I see this all the time. They say, I don't want to put money in the stock market. The stock market could crash. Well, actually, if you go back and look at all the crashes in history, like all of them were great buying opportunities except for one. And that was 1929. But every other one was a good buying opportunity, especially 1987. That was one of the greatest opportunities of all time, you know. So I actually had a caller on the radio one time. This is back when I was doing the radio show. And this woman calls in and she, she says, I don't want to put my money in the stock market. The stock market's going to crash. And I said, well, where do you have all your money? And she says, real estate. And I said, well, the real estate market could crash. And, that you know, this happened it's happened like 10 years ago. Like, I mean, it could absolutely happen. There's risk in everything. There's risk in everything. Which is why I recommend a high allocation to cash. And the pushback I get on that is, you dummy, inflation is 7%. Why are you recommending this allocation to cash? Because inflation, blah, 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 blah. It's good to have cash. I say you should have 20% cash, even with 7% inflation. And inflation is going to come down this year. Inflation is going to come down to 4 or 5%. So in other news, there is no other news. That's it. I don't have anything personally going on. I'm just coming to work and making the donuts. I have these DJ gigs coming up, which I already told you about. I am uh, This weekend, I'm going down to the Cat Cafe to give them some business and hopefully get a cat. But that's unrealistic because my wife is very anti-cat she says we already have too many cats she says six cats is too many cats i'm like no it's not six cats is not too many cats like we have a four thousand square foot house so six cats is like 667 square feet per cat like i think five to six hundred square feet per cat 
is the right ratio. Thanks for listening to the Be Smart Podcast. I'm Jared Dillian. See you later.